This feels so, so good. Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this lovely podcast. I'm your host, Karen. Hi, Dominique. (laughs) How are you, Dom? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Kind of um, getting over some pain. Okay. So a little backstory here. I suffer from, I don't, I'm not 100% sure yet if it's carpal tunnel. I think I'm just diagnosing myself at this point. But the fact that I sit for eight hours in front of a computer and you know how we're always doing the same clicking with the mouse? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times when work gets busy stressful and that's what kind of kicks it off and then I get this pain on the right side of my body that starts somewhere around the booty area and then goes up my back and this time it went to my right arm okay yeah so that's your sciatic nerve ah yes that Mm -hmm. that is like what um do you remember in the office when they were talking about uh, like on the job injuries? And this is like the episode when Michael did the whole, I'm going to jump from the roof. Do you remember? Oh, and they were talking about a lot of like the injuries that you can get like in the warehouse versus what you can get in, um, uh, on, in the office. And then I remember one of not, Daryl, but the other foreman, I forget his name, when he said something about, like, yeah, people in the office get fat butt disease because they don't do anything. They just sit at their desk. (laughs) Then I'm saying you have fat butt disease. But it is a common symptom of, like, sitting for long hours at a time in front of a computer. That was my really long diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank I could you, never be a doctor because everything will be going back to the office. <laughs> so, yes, that is what's happening to me. And I had to go get a deep tissue massage. And it's not one of those massages where they just, like, caress you or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, this is like they'll go in with their elbow. So Ouch. I did that on Friday. It was very painful, but much needed. Mm-hmm. And... I've been sore like the so Saturday that's when I felt it the most and then Sunday was just a little bit today I feel it but not as much so it's you know I'm getting over it but I was told that I need two more sessions in order to get rid of all the knots that I have in my right side so that being said I just want to tell everyone because I think it now a lot of people have these type of jobs where they sit for a long amount of time and so you know one massage at least once a month I think doesn't hurt anyone and you want to take care of yourself before it gets really bad yes so that is just kind of like my PSA of the day (laughs) yeah what about you Dom how are you doing any pains 
No pains, um, but it's because I, so it's the first day of my menstrual cycle and Mm. I, it's the first day of my um, menstrual cycle. It's getting darker earlier. I already feel the, um, you know, wintertime sadness creeping in. So I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm really not dealing with this. So you know how I am with like, painkillers I don't really like them and I like just started taking my doll like what a year ago and you were the one who told me to take it um I bought like extra strength like my doll I I just popped in two and I was like I'm done bleed all you want I'm not gonna feel it (laughs) so I don't know if I'm in anything because I can't feel it I like I just like completely numbed all the pain receptors with like almost um the two um the dosages I think are 600 each so 1200 doses of acetaminophen yeah wow so your pain is probably 10 times worse than mine I'm fine with just taking one on the first day I mean, I, I think I overcompensated and I didn't even get to feel the pain. I was like, I saw red and I'm just popping the two in just in case. <laughs> but normally, oh. yeah, I get, um, I get really bad pressure. So it's not like sharp cramping, although I have experienced that a lot more. Um, but the, it's like the pressure... Um, in the lower belly that makes it very hard to even sit down and that's why I spend a lot of time in bed um okay yeah yeah so that is something that I usually that's like my biggest pain and and fatigue but fatigue is not painful (laughs) (laughs) I usually yeah for me it's just more of the cramps and fatigue but it's probably a week before my period starts so that's how I know it's coming because mm-hmm. I get sleepier I than usual. Yeah, I mean, I get sleepier than usual like a day or two before, but how I really know is if I'm crying all the time or I'm just like sad. Oh, right. Yeah, if like any little thing goes wrong and my immediate reaction is to be like, the world is over, I'm yes. done, like, there's nothing here for me anymore. I'm like, wait a minute, let me look at my tracker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dom. But I know that even though you, you know, you started your period, you dragged yourself out of the house and made it to the movie theater. Yes. Can you tell I, us what movie you saw? Yeah. One, I want to say I'm very brave. I'm one of the unsung heroes for leaving my house on my first day of period. So probably won't clap for me. Um, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this feels so, so good. We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. Yeah, but you I so left my house at like 3 p.m. <laughs> it okay. wasn't anything crazy. Um, to go see the new Joker movie that everyone's a, a Twitter about on Twitter. <laughs> 
everyone yeah it's all over it's twitter mm -hmm. instagram yeah so that is what today's episode is going to be about because from the last episode you know that i already watched the movie and i kind of gave a little bit of my thoughts and i think that's what encouraged you dom to go see it yeah so i mean you know i'm like not a batman fan or like batman universe like i isn't like suicide squad something part of the batman universe like anything like batman related whether right. it is batman robin the villains i'm like i don't care you know mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry i just like i don't like nope. the whole universe so right. when i saw like all the stuff about the joker coming out i'm like no and I saw a lot more discussion about it when it like like the weekend it was opening and then I was like okay I'm a little intrigued but still no and then when you were like well the movie makes um the Joker seem sympathetic and then you mentioned that there's parts of it that reminded me of one of of films that I liked when I was younger, um, mm -hmm. American Psycho. I know that sounds weird to like American Psycho as a young child. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, okay, now I'm really intrigued. And I was like, I got to see this for myself. I got to see what Karen saw you now, like being sympathetic to a serial killer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know it sounds weird, but this movie completely gave the audience a different perspective on the Joker. Mm -hmm. And also I want to clear something up. I know that in the last episode I said that my favorite uh, Joker is Heath Ledger. The reason why he is my favorite Joker is because we know him as this character that just creates chaos in Gotham City. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like why uh, Heath Ledger's character was my favorite because he just the Joker in that particular movie goes out and creates all this chaos doesn't give a shit he's just him and I think that Heath Ledger did a great job in that that character but for this particular movie I think that Joaquin also did an amazing job he gave the Joker you know different touches that made it his unique version. Oh my god, I'm in love with Joaquin all over again. <laughs> Ooh, it has been a while. We broke up in high school. That's how so long I've been in Joaquin Phoenix. Because <laughs> he's but I'm back now. I'm back. He's always been such an incredible actor. Um. Obviously, people like you would be like, eh, he's not that good looking. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I really have liked him for his talent. I I haven't been following him since Parenthood originally aired because I wasn't born yet when Parenthood okay. aired. But that was one of my first introductions of Joaquin. Oh. Um, so it was Parenthood, um, Signs, which is one of like. I really do like M. Night Shyamalan, sorry, um, and his um, thrillers and his scary movies because they're not like the really gory or like the really like ones that have the 
former evangelical or Christian in me very scared with demons and such because I get scared with those as well, even though I'm, like, not that religious. Um, Mm -hmm. I still get scared with demons. Um, His is more even-keeled with the suspense. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's not gory. And I loved him in Signs. I used to watch Signs all the time when I was younger. Um, oh my God, walking Phoenix is very heavily in my. <laughs> I um, can see my childhood. Um, and then I developed a crush in Gladiator because he was very hot in Gladiator as a Roman emperor. Yeah. When I was doing more research on Joaquin Phoenix, I noticed that he was in in Gladiator. And my dad is a huge fan of that movie. It's so good. (laughs) I really like it. Yeah, it is a good movie. But for some reason, I just, when I first found out that Joaquin Phoenix was playing the Joker, I just never you know, thought back that he was in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. He, um, I think he just like looks really different. He's like literally wearing a Caesar haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it but... was, um, that, the Gladiator when I developed a crush and I was like, ooh, cutie. Um, and then I also really loved him in uh, Walk the Line, the biopic about uh, Johnny Cash, who's one of my favorite musicians. We'll, we'll have another mm-hmm. episode about why Dom likes country music and why Dom especially loves Johnny Cash, because Johnny Cash had, um, he he veered a lot more towards uh, socially conscious um, topics like prison abolition and like Oh, Native mm, American Yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned Johnny Cash, it brought to mind a documentary that is on Netflix from this band called Los Tigres del Norte. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to do another episode on this, Tom. Mm-hmm. And your love about country music will be explored further because I have a lot to say about that documentary. Okay, I'm but today it. it it's all focused on the Joker. Yeah, you should watch it for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, there's country music and then there's, like, country folk. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the tradition that I lean towards is country folk and, like, you know, Pete Seeger, um, uh, Bob Dylan um, in South America, most famously Victor Yara, who was assassinated by the Pinochet regime. Um like a lot of songs about political stuff, which is so surprising okay. for me, right, Karen? That I would love songs about yeah. politics, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So that is a sneak peek, or like just a little bit of how much or how expansive my love for Joaquin and his acting abilities have been in my life. <laughs> so watching <laughs> him again did make me feel. A little bit nostalgic. I really, really okay. like him as a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Um, what are your overall thoughts about the movie? <sighs> I'm gonna get so canceled, but I'm gonna redeem myself, or I'll just maybe I might not, but I'll just try to explain myself as we go along. Overall, I loved it. I'm so okay. crazy. Like, I don't, like, I, lo- I loved it. <laughs> I yeah, really because- loved the film. 
I, you know why? I think because besides giving us more background information about the Joker, it also covers on a lot of current topics, you know, like mental health mm-hmm. and politics mm-hmm. and the, the division between rich and the poor. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's relatable to what's currently happening. I think that's another added layer to why a lot of people love it. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, it is when you say it makes you sympathetic. It really does, and that sympathetic, where like so, there's like people out there who, and I've always regarded these people a little weird. Um, you know, people who will worship Ted Bundy, or. Um, what's another serial killer? Ted Kaczynski or one of them. Like there was mm-hmm. like there's there's like these two um Netflix specials that came out and then like oh, there was a discourse all over Twitter about like people who like literally worship like real life serial killers and will send like, oh, no. love letters and things like that. And that is not what I'm saying. I do not no. venerate <laughs> the act of killing. It in fact quite frightens me <laughs> that people have the capacity to do things like that to one another. Um, but it makes you understand a little bit why he would snap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So he's living in a society, but he's like living in the society as we all are. But people respond to traumas in vastly different ways. Mm-hmm. And one of them for Arthur Fleck, aka Joker, happens yeah. to be um, killing. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can literally tell, like, you can tell that, like, that is an actual release for him. So, like, he's not one of those, like, um, Serial killer, like, when you think about, like, the BTK killer. And I feel like I am sounding, like, a little too educated on serial killers. But trust me, it's because <laughs> I finished watching um, Mindhunter in, like, an entire weekend. So I watched two series of an FBI yeah. show about behavioral science and serial killers. That's the only reason why I know okay. so much. <laughs> Not like I, like, go out of my way and study them. Um but he's not particularly the um, organized type, as like they would say in Mind uh, Hunter, where he's like stalking and he has a specific type of um, uh, victim that he goes for, like people who okay. like yeah. strangle blondes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's not that. He's very disorganized. So he's a serial killer in the in the way that he just like kills in numbers, yes, but it's like always in reaction to something. So yeah. big spoiler alerts coming up ahead. Um, oh, tons of it. <laughs> the subway train murders were not in cold blood. He was literally beaten up. And he had his gun with him. And then the lights turned oh. off and we don't see him pull, draw the gun out, but we hear and see the effect of the gunshots. So he didn't just, like, execute these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that came right. in a reaction to him 
feeling incredibly defenseless. But then literally after he does a little bit of an overkill because that guy, he shot him and then he shot him again and then he's dead. He shoots them. He shoots him four more times, which is overkill, meaning he's this, this person's already dead. So afterwards he does that, he goes to a bathroom and starts dancing. That's literally his release. Yeah. So we can understand like, He's not like this methodical, creepy weirdo who's just like skulking around executing people, but rather this is a coping mechanism <laughs> in a yeah. very, very morbid way. Right. And I think um, fast forwarding a little bit, when he's on, the, on that TV show, mm-hmm. He does touch upon that and he he says how when he killed these three individuals, I believe it was three that were in the train, mm-hmm. everybody reacted to it and said that, you know, they were good people. Why did that happen to them? But how come no one was paying attention to what was going on with him, mm-hmm. with the issues affecting him? For example, we know that he is going to lose his therapist because, you know, the city is cutting down on funds and his medication as well. And that all contributes to him leading a quote unquote normal life. But without these things, without a support, what is he going to do? You know, and he feels like he's abandoned, that no one really cares about him. So that, like you said, that's, Eventually, that's how he copes with what is going on with him. Yes. And again, from the Bronx with Love, disclaimer, we do not advocate for murder as coping mechanisms. No, no, not at all. We don't. It's just, mm, I guess, what would it be? It gives you a deeper understanding to his reaction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. So that goes back to when you're like, yeah, this makes him more sympathetic. And I was like, I got to see this for myself. Apparently, you were right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, And I got that vibe as soon as I saw the trailer for it, which was probably around the summertime. Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I thought like, oh, this, this looks depressing. Yeah. Yeah. But I no, I am a big Batman fan and anything related to it, I will watch. Mm-hmm. So especially because some scenes were shot in the Bronx. Yes. So. <laughs> Another reason to watch. Yes. But besides that, I really wanted to see how this whole movie was going to turn out. Yeah, I thought... So the movie itself, um, I have had my very vocal critiques about the Christopher Nolan Batman films. Um, and I think Christopher Nolan is very, a very good filmmaker. So like, I don't have an issue really with him or like, this is like a talent thing. It's just like the stylistic choices for the Batman um, films were god awful 
Um, and, <laughs> and like the whole like trying to make Gotham really gritty by putting this oppressive like blue gray tint over it yeah. mm-hmm. um, is really harsh for me. Um, like it was literally oppressive on my eyes. I was like, I don't want to watch this because like there's so much of a strain for my eyes. Okay. And I felt like Todd Phillips, who, again, I think is incredibly talented, and I don't have to agree with, like, filmmakers or even, like, their authorial intent, because I know that Todd Phillips said something kind of glibly about people who are concerned about the film, and I'm like, that's not the discussion right now at hand. Um, I thought he did a really great job at showing how gritty Gotham was without having to manipulate the color scheme as heavily oh, okay. as Christopher Nolan Got it. did in the Batman films. I just have one note to say well, about Batman 2, um, Baby Bruce. Um, one, and I have two things to say about Baby Bruce. How okay. old is Joker when Batman finally grows up to be Batman? And is Batman yes. fighting a 50-year-old villain? <laughs> I thought the same so thing. Great, because Arthur would be what about probably in his forties, maybe. Yeah, like um, he has to be like thirty six because like they talk about the file, which is like thirty years ago, and he had to have been like five or six years within the file when he was discovered to be like an abuse, like abused and chained to the radiator. So like he has to have been Mm -hmm. like 36 years old. And then Bruce is like, what, nine? I think he was a little bit younger. I I wanted to say like seven. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I thought he he was a bit younger. So yes, when I saw that scene, I was like, wait, (laughs) hmm. So then what? The Joker then, by the time Bruce grows up, is like 50, 60 year old. Yeah. <laughs> the Joker is like ready to be retired. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, so that was one thing. And then the second thing was oh, it was like two things. Like I like, so three things in general. One, Bruce has no business dressing better than I do as, like, a, a, a like what? A toddler, maybe? No, he's not a toddler. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, like, how is the seven-year-old so panache? Like, no. 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 I was so irritated. Because he's a rich little kid. I know. Still, my God. He looked so rich. You know what I mean? He's, like, dripping in it. I was like, oh, my God. He's a baby. <laughs> I don't even think Prince George looks that rich. You know what I mean? um well okay go ahead with your with your third point and then he's just really weird to be honest he has no effect like affectation he is stone-faced the entire time and this is kind of how I feel like I don't like Batman because like Batman is like Batman has no personality for me I like there's no personality for me in Batman no 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 I think the reason for that is because it's a mystery behind Batman. 
that, that that's why I think he's very like very serious, very like put together, mm-hmm. you know. And in this particular movie, I think the reason why we just see little Bruce as like standing there doing basically nothing mm-hmm. is because the movie is focused mm-hmm. on the Joker. Yes, it gives, it gives us a glimpse as to how this whole Batman yeah. character, uh, you know, be, turns out. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It's not meant to take away from Joker. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like the actual child is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just like someone puts their fingers in your mouth and you just stand there, stone faced. I would run. But I was like, baby, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> What is going on? I know. (laughs) The rich raise their children different. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, this feels so, so good. We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you would. What did you think about Bruce's dad? (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) No. When I first um, started getting into Batman movies and I discovered that Bruce's parents were killed. I, I felt sorry. You know, I was like, oh, this poor child lost his parents, da da da. Um, but now that I see how his parents were, it was like, eh, Ooh, do I really Karen. Feel sorry? <laughs> Karen is very much can <laughs> eat the rich. Yeah, because you know, that man thought that he was better than everyone. Yeah, um, yeah so I was like, eh, no. Yeah, so um, Thomas Wayne represented, like, was, like, an actual physical embodiment of, like, the rot. And it's funny because in people who would probably love Thomas Wayne or even Bruce Wayne and, like, admire them and their wealth, they would see, like, all the people who are writing and, like, people who are poor, basically as the rot but they are what comes because there is so much inequality they themselves inherently are not the rot the rot is hoarding your money (laughs) and then blaming people whose money you effectively have stolen yeah that's the rot that is the cause of all of the structural failures um, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, Thomas Wayne, I would say is a very clear villain, even though the movie is about Joker being the villain. Um, mm-hmm. but Thomas Wayne is the villain. It's the true villain. Thomas Wayne and, um, the state and, um, the ways in which the state fail people yeah that is what happened yeah, and, and and the joker yeah and the joker is kind of like an outcome of how the state has failed people you know yeah and he's more vulnerable 
which I thought was really interesting why they introduced that card because you can tell like it literally shows you that he's not all there like he's more vulnerable to Mm -hmm. these kinds of like battering of like poverty and job precarity and you know loneliness (laughs) and being on the Mm -hmm. verge of homelessness you know what I mean he's in an even more vulnerable state because like his mind is you know been heavily heavily abused and battered in itself like he is showing a lot of traits of abuse sustained abuse at the hands of his mother yeah and here's another point to that now that you mentioned his mother this is why some people should not really have mm, kids mm. Mm. you know how i feel about kids okay i love mm-hmm. kids right but i don't think that i am the right person to be a mother because i lose my patience easily I'm always in and out of the house. And so I'm not willing to change my lifestyle Mm -hmm. for a baby, you know? Yes, that might sound selfish, but more selfish would be that I brought a child to this world and then forgot about him or her. The more selfish thing is if you're like, yeah, I'm going to bring a child into this world and then be unwilling to change your lifestyle. Because the first thing... For me, at least, when you, like, decide to start a family or have, um, you know, have that conversation with a partner or just, like, you, like, let's just say, like, you, it wasn't something that kind of just happened because there are moments when (laughs) that happens. You're just like, oh, I found myself pregnant. (laughs) But, like, if you are actually planning for a family, um, uh, it's not so much like, oh, I'm sacrificing. You have just, you've just already moved into a different phase of your life. So it's not even seen as a sacrifice. It's just different phase of your life. And that's how you should be as a parent, (laughs) I think. Yep. And then also, you know, realize that if you're putting your child at risk, well, no, actually, if you are a parent and, you know, just take on that next phase of your life, there is no reason why you should put your child in, you know, danger or anything like that. And in, in this particular situation with Joker and his mom, she was there with a guy who was abusing her child, yet she did nothing to, to, to defend her son, you know? And this affected um, Arthur in the long run as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, and it, it, that scene or like the character development of the mom, I felt was a little, um, the pacing was off with that. Cause at first you can tell like, she's like a sweet, well-meaning old woman with her own mental issues and she does seem a little bit like have delusions of grandeur um but you're like all right well this is like they're secluded they feed off of one 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 another they probably you know it's like Mm -hmm. just like not a great balance but 
overall pretty harmless. And then he reads the letter and we're like, oh, shoot. Whoa. And then he gets angry. But then we find out that she's like kind of awful. (laughs) You go from like, okay, well, she made mistakes. Like she's like a sweet woman, a little off. Then you're like, okay, she made mistakes. She was probably young in love and then kept the baby and like got caught up Uh with an affair with a powerful man. And then you're like, oh my goodness, what? Yeah. I was just like, wow, that took very those those turns were quite um sharp. Yeah. And because at one point I, I thought I was like, wait, so Batman and the Joker are, are half brothers? Yeah, I thought that too. I mean I think you're supposed to think that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's why they did that. So that you would think that and then shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I, another thing that I wanted mm-hmm. to point out is that this mm-hmm. villain, I think he's more closer to reality than other villains or other Ooh, superheroes. <laughs> yeah. For example, there's this one, for example, Superman. Right. You know, he, he's bitten by a spider. Oh, and that's then Spider-Man. He has these superpowers. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Man is, is bitten and then becomes the superhero. Um, let's see who else. Aren't some of the X-Men They're also mutants. like light, lightning? Yeah, exactly. That. Uh, let's see who else. Who else? Superman as well. I don't know how he gets he's his powers. An alien, basically. Yeah, oh, he's an Superman's alien. not. He's from a dis- distant planet. Um, I'm not a fan of Superman, which is why I don't know anything um, about. <laughs> yeah, I just like don't like any of the DC. I feel bad because I sound like the Marvel people that people make fun of online, but I'm not like such a Marvel stan. <laughs> but like, you know how like okay. Marvel is the um, it's the more polished one. It's the more commercial one. You know what I mean? Like, you're not yeah. a revolutionary yeah. for liking Marvel. <laughs> It's like very popular, um, but I still I'm sorry I still don't like any of the but, DC comics except like I love the X Men I love X Men, um, yeah, yeah the X Men are great and I liked um, I like the uh, prequels a lot because we'll go into my Michael Fassbender crowd. we're gonna have to have like a spinoff podcast <laughs> solely for all my actor crushes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All these people that Karen does not know because she doesn't follow politics and she does not like white men. <laughs> double whammy. Yeah, They're not my double type. Whammy. Karen is like, who are these white people you're talking about? <laughs> well, I know some of them because, you know, you have crushes on them. That's the only reason why yeah. I know of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the Joker is like one of the ones that I don't even think that the Joker has superpowers. He's just mm-hmm. a villain. And and he becomes a villain, I guess, in the most mm, believable yeah. way. I, I don't know how to phrase that. Yeah. 
it's not like lightning struck him and all of a sudden yeah. he's the Joker. I would say this like Joker that. is the most believable because maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I know like the Jack Nicholson Joker, like the older Joker, um, I guess like 70s and 80s. Um, it, they they were like quote unquote a normal human, and then they like fell in a mm-hmm. vat of acid, and that's why they have the skin oh. like their skin is permanently whitened, and they have like the smile that's stuck. Wait, I think yeah. so. Ah, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that was the case for those mm-hmm. for those jokers no but like this joker like you said it's very grounded in our our reality yes. and i think that's like so this film is you know how like a lot of people a lot of people sometimes me included will go will turn towards television and will turn towards film or entertainment in general as a form of escapism you know what i mean we want to get yeah away from our actual lives this film is Mm -hmm. very much in the school of realism and like there's so much that we recognize from our real lives sometimes painfully so and it's Mm -hmm. interesting that it still kept me very intrigued and it was it's a two hour and two minute film and you know how I feel about two hour films it did but not it didn't feel, feel like, like that. that, though. And I thought that was um, kudos to, you know, the pacing overall. Yeah. I just, like, really yep. love the set design. It, like, it was, like, making New York 70s style in 2019. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Great Good job. job. Amazing job. I was, not a single thing took me out. There was no, like... Starbucks cup or you know like there wasn't <laughs> Game of Thrones you know yeah we know like, it was yeah they were, were really point. on point it, it it you did not need filter to make Gotham gritty Gotham was grimy <laughs> AF in the 70s <laughs> and now that we're on the variety of jokers well, oh, I'm pretty sure you didn't watch this movie. Um, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad? Okay. That movie had my least I favorite this, Joker. Right. Every single person, oh. people hated Jared Leto as Joker. I couldn't. I was like, what? Who is this? No. Can you tell me why? If you watch the movie. Can you tell me why? What's up? Because, okay, we know the Joker as this criminal, you know, ruthless, goes around creating chaos. And in this version of the Joker for Suicide Squad, he just seemed like a gangster, like a pimp, like a wannabe gangster. But you know how they're, you know that feeling when someone is trying to act like a gangster, Mm -hmm. but they're not really. He's putting on a front. Okay, that's the vibe. Yes, that's the vibe that this Joker gave me. And he had, like, all the gold chains. And it, I don't know. I just, no. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, so I wanted to talk more about 
I wanted to talk more about, like, so we talked about, like, the mental illness and, like, that kind of is a catalyst, like, him, the funding being cut. Um, But overall, like, we see how, like, broader structural indictments of society factor into his life, like, on a really, really personal Mm -hmm. level. Um. Right. You know, to him getting jumped um, and then having his pay docked and then feeling bad about that. And then, you know, finding some sort of protection by way of his friend giving him a gun and then messing that up and just being really awkward and not having a way to navigate. You know what I mean? These kinds of interactions mm-hmm. um and then people either look at him really funny or don't look at him at all um and right. I just like I just feel like that's so important um to talk about like alienation in this way and like name it mm-hmm. you know what I mean he feels really alienated and disillusioned and that's that's a lot of us who feel this way probably not in the same degree as the joker but you know a lot of us feel like really disconnected and new york is the number one place to feel that way because it's so crowded and big and there's a lot of people but even in a crowd of people you could feel incredibly alone oh for sure yeah it's a good thing that you brought that topic up because i think that he tries his best you know to to live mm-hmm. a normal life i guess and he goes to work, and even though you remember the first scene where he's, you know, putting on his his makeup, but he's mm-hmm. crying, and it's just he he doesn't have anyone that really pays attention to what really is bothering him, and he even mm-hmm. says that to the therapist. He says, "You ask me the same questions every single time." But you you don't really take time to listen to me, like what what's really going on. You ask these questions because it's just a routine. But do you even really care? And I think that's what he wanted. He just wanted to know that someone cared for what so was going too. on. And with I think him. it's really important that he like that conversation happened and even the therapist was like, No one cares about you and no one cares about me. And I remember hearing critique about mm-hmm how he was like quote unquote really entitled to his therapist but it it does come off a little like bratty (laughs) but one he's his development is pretty arrested because of like heavy heavy trauma like he goes in and out of kind of sounding a little bit like a boy and he's like very playful um and he's a clown like he's still kind of a demented child basically um so like for him to be quote-unquote mature um is asking a lot (laughs) for this kind of character um because we're dealing with someone who Mm -hmm. has been so battered 
um, and battered during his formative years. Um, but here's the thing is that like, as a observer, she is part of the bureaucracy that's not working. You know what I mean? So like that is to show you that, you know, they can have like these quote unquote systems and still not work because one at that point underfunded. Now they're completely cut. You know what I mean? There is no care given to him and there's no care given to the services that would help him. So he's also, she isn't that heavily in the film and like, it's not, her origin story but you know she's going through her own stuff too like (laughs) the reason why she's not listening is because she probably has the weight of the the entire department or like you know not being able to have the resources she needs on her shoulders to help out um yeah and that goes into like you know these structures are just falling apart and they're decaying and they're not helping anyone people within them and people who like depend on them um depend on them yeah and and this also goes to to this point where especially in new york city it's full of people there's someone is always in a rush to get somewhere it's like deadline 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 right and a lot of the times there's a well no there is always stress and it's easy for anyone to just take it out mm-hmm. on a stranger on the train or on the street or anything like that. But you don't yeah. know what that person is going through. So, and, and maybe your rude comment or something like that could just uh, affect that person in ways that you, you can't imagine because yes. they're not um, in that person's ooh, situation. But Yes, as you say no, that, go ahead. that is perfectly like encapsulated in that really violent scene with the guy who gave him the gun um randy's his name i think i forget yeah i think it's randall or randy or whatever and and then the i think it's randy yeah the shorter the little person um yeah he takes all of his pent-up anger at the way randy has treated him out on randy and notice how he always does this when he has clown makeup on. Like, he doesn't murder plain face. Um, um, oh, so, no, like, yeah. that enables him and gives him a bit of courage to muster up all of mm-hmm. that anger and, like, kind of just unleash it. And he says it to yeah. his other colleague that you are the one who's always ever been nice to me. Yeah, all freaking wanted was yes. able to be nice to him. That's all. And I like from an yes. outside perspective, you can be like, "Well, people are mean to me too." Like I don't go out and go murderous rampage, but I'm like, again, he is already like you can already tell he's more vulnerable than like someone who isn't who hasn't mm-hmm. been battered yeah. as a child. Exactly. Yeah, the the trauma that, that he went like through as a child. Pure, yeah. Like he had both so, abuse and neglect. Mhm. And that's why he's just looking for someone to be nice to him, to care so much for what's so going on. He like him. thought about it in and his head, yes. and he had a crush on his neighbor. He like 
made a whole timeline with her in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that goes to say that, you know, it doesn't hurt to be nice. I, I understand that we all have personal issues going on. Work might have been stressful. Something didn't go the way you wanted it to. But that doesn't mean that you can unleash that anger on someone else because you don't know how the, how the other person is going to, to react to that. You know, and a smile, uh, like like I posted the other day on the Instagram, a smile goes it a really long does. way. The critique. So the critique that, like, you know, we mentioned earlier, we saw it all over Twitter. The critique I saw a lot on Twitter was Joker's the worst film to be coming out now with, like, the increase in, like, mass shootings and disaffected white males creating those mass shootings and incels and just, like, you know, angry white men. And a lot of people were like, Joker's going to incite that. People Like, these, like, angry, you know, mad, online, misogynistic, racist white men are going to see Joker as a hero. And... We don't know what's going to happen in like a movie theater might incite, you know, some kind of violence. And um, okay, yeah. without mm-hmm. having seen the film, that is incredibly understandable. Very valid. Um, the film, yeah. though, is not entirely in line with a lot of the people who go out and no. do those massacres because a lot of these people are very disaffected no, no, yes no. and they're disillusioned and they're alienated um probably under the same circumstances and their material conditions are similar to the jokers like they're poor they can't keep a job but a lot of these people right are they their philosophy or like who they think is the underpinning for all their sufferance is like they scapegoat a lot. So a lot of them like, yeah, they'll target um, like the Christchurch shooter in New Zealand targeted Muslims because they're like immigration is bringing down the um, country and, you know, we don't have jobs because of immigration. Um, In El Paso, it was a majority Latino community and it was a white supremacist. That's not the Joker, though. The Joker, one, he gets assaulted multiple times throughout the film. And he gets assaulted nearly in the same way um, in the beginning of the film and in the train. He's on the floor, fetal position, kicked. Who does he try to kill? The all-American rich white men. (laughs) Not even try. He kills them. Um, yeah. and that's he does. yeah, and that's very different from like the incels who are angry at immigrants and women and LGBTQ. And even yeah. when he was jumped, and his friend Randall, prior to giving him the gun, was like um, those savages. And those, the, the assailants, Joker's assailants, when they stole his sign and beat him up, where it was like a group of multiracial, you know, there's black, brown, 
teenagers. And Joker himself said, they're just Mm -hmm. kids. So his coworker does the whole like super predator stuff that, you know, was a huge thing in the 90s to try to like get the crime bill passed and to disproportionately jail black and brown (laughs) young men. Um, tries to do that mm-hmm. whole rhetoric and say, you know, all these like thugs, these gangs, you know, all this coded language to dehumanize right. black and brown youth and men in particular. And Joker says, mm-hmm. no, they're just kids. So Joker himself isn't doing all of that, like, yes. like feeding into that like racist negative feedback. He That's not his motive. His motive really is real. It's like he does these things in reaction to, like, once he's been armed, he retaliates. His motive is retaliation. Mm-hmm. And the retaliation has yeah. been predominantly those who have some kind of power over him, whether it is economically or, I think, for the most part, yeah, just economically. Uh huh. This feels so, so good. We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't I did not like how the film ended. I'll say that. I felt like the film could have just ended with him smiling on the taxi cab. But then that's like a little bit maybe me ending it with a really triumphant note and that could sound like I really like him and I want him to win. <laughs> that moment was so good. I don't know. Like I just, it was great. It was the spinning of the camera. You yeah. him on top. He's smiling. The blood, when he did the whole blood and the smile was amazing for me. And then the dance. And Joaquin Phoenix is a great dancer, by the way. I want to put that out there. I think I, I like the ending just because it leaves it open to discussion. Like, did he really make this whole thing up in his head? And if so, did he also create the Batman? And Batman is not, mm-hmm. doesn't exist mm-hmm. either. So, yeah, I, I, I like the, the, the ending. So is this one mm-hmm. one movie that you would watch for a second time? Or you bought my ticket <laughs> for a second time? I thoroughly oh, enjoyed whoa. it, and <laughs> there is a bit of nostalgia. That's the bias. There is a bit of a nostalgic bias because I did not realize how much I missed Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, those are our opinions of The Joker. If anyone else has watched it, you know, let us know once this episode is out what your thoughts are. Do you think The Joker made this whole thing up in his head? Is Batman even real or did he also make it up in his head? Just we want to hear your thoughts as well, because this movie really is one of those movies that is up for like a lot of uh, theories, I guess. And it's open to many conversations. So we're really interested in what everyone else thinks about it. As you know, Dom will be seeing it for a second time. (laughs) 
I will wait until it's out, like on DVD or something, because I do have other mm-hmm. Batman DVDs. So this is definitely one that is going yeah, in my collection. I am tempted now to watch um, Heath Ledger. Um, I oh. remember. I remember following the story behind the film, you know, when he passed away. Um, oh, I liked him as an actor. Surprisingly, Karen, okay. he was one white male actor I did not crush on. Are you surprised? <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, but I did like him, though. Um, so I felt really sad when he died. Um, yeah. And I knew his role... Um, his his Joker role played a part in you know his declining mental state. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious, and I'm like, where I was saying this earlier, that um, I hope that Joaquin has good people around him. I was a little worried. Like, okay, yes, I'm worried because I I want to be his wife, um, <laughs> and I want to be the one to take care of him. But no, I do hope that you know because sometimes. These things wear on you, especially if you are someone who's going to really get into the character and try to get into the mind of the character. And you're, you're dealing with things like really like abuse and negligence and. And also I was doing more research on Joaquin and he also had a troubled uh, childhood. Yes. So I'm a little concerned. Okay. I really, like you said, I really hope he has a good support system. Okay, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna yeah. mention that he, um, yeah. he was part of, um, well, his family um, for a while was part of a religious group. It's called on mm, Wikipedia, but it's a cult. Um, uh, I want to say Children of God or God's Children, or now it's called Something. the Family. Or is that just like, it was a cult. And um, his brother, River Phoenix, who was a rising child actor, actually passed away when he was 13. Um, When River was 13. Or no, when Joaquin was 13, I I believe. No, yeah, Joaquin was 13. I believe his brother was... Yeah, 19, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually been talked about with River Phoenix why he was you know heavily in drugs and things like that was because the cult itself has been accused numerous times of sexual misconduct and a lot of like um, sexual abuse especially among minors and adults Um, so there was a lot of bad things happening within the cult And, yeah, so Joaquin himself has not had a great past. Yes. So, yeah. We hope you're okay, Joaquin. I, yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. That is all for today's show. I know it's a little bit longer than usual, but, hey, it's the Joker, okay? Mm-hmm. So it deserved all this time. So please make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. 
And if you have any thoughts about this movie, send us an email at fromthebronxwithlove at gmail.com. Anything else you want to add, Dom? Um, I wanted to give a shout out to um, Jane Fonda, who I think I've told you before, Karen, I'm a huge admirer of. Karen's like, who are these Americans <laughs> you're talking about? Um, Jane Fonda has been a real one since the Vietnam War. She has been protesting. <laughs> She's been anti-war, anti-imperialism, anti a lot of things since okay. Vietnam War, <laughs> since the 60s and 70s. Um, the fact that she is still out here is incredibly um impressive to me because she's been so vocal about you know the state and we know the government hasn't had a great track record especially in the 60s and 70s um when people were speaking out against them you know with their assassinations uh, (laughs) of prominent leftist people um but jane um fonda uh, this week was arrested for protesting. So she's what, 79? Yes. And she got arrested for protesting. She's, uh, she's 81. Hey, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's also the one who said that the only moment she felt like she needed a husband was when she had trouble getting um, her dress unzipped. And after that, she was like, I don't want anyone in my house. So please. Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to shout out Jane. I love her. She's like who I want to be. When you grow up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media. Red Box, we don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news and tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on the sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. I said, birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, oh, oh. Oh, Bronx with love from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love from the Bronx with A. A. Bronx with love from the Bronx with. Whoa, Bronx with whoa. love. Whoa, 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 whoa.